0: Hey everyone, welcome back to This Week in Game Shows. It is time for another reality rundown. I am two-time game show loser, JD Late, and this week joining me is my good friend and partner in hashtag team holding hands, Nusha Rafiandi. Nusha, how are we doing today?
1: I'm all right, JD. I'm all right. It's been a good day.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I know that you and I talk a lot about The Amazing Race, so it's nice to do this officially with the microphones. Yeah, it's
1: definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, it's great. I got into the Amazing Race because of my husband, Anka, but now I don't really enjoy watching with him because he just falls asleep halfway through each episode. (laughs) So it's nice to be able to talk to somebody about it.
0: Yes, we will be talking about the Amazing Race this week. Uh, Nusha, I haven't really had a chance to talk to you at all about the race this season. So I want to get some of your thoughts about the early stuff, about some of the teams that you might have... uh, like to dislike some of the twists that they've introduced have you like them but we're once we get through that we're mostly going to concentrate on this week's episode which was a double episode two hours of amazing race we had our seventh and eighth legs in zimbabwe
1: so this season of the amazing race i think it's been a pretty fun one there's definitely been a lot of competitive players in this there's a lot of people that have just seriously competitive backgrounds like Team IndyCar and uh, what was that other team? Team Extreme. Team Extreme, yeah! <laughs> I like how they're actually uh, still in the race and there are two uh, two ladies that are on the team. They're both really strong. But I think out of all the seasons that I've watched in the last couple of years, this has probably been the one that's filled with the most in-it-to-win-it type people. The things that I found interesting so far was definitely the head-to-head, as you, have, you touched on in your last podcast about the amazing race. I'm not sure how I feel about it still. I'm not sure. It was uh, It was definitely interesting seeing a couple people that get there first, and then get kind of kicked out at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to see that this time around. I like to see all the different types of challenges, especially since, you know, they're all over the world. It's really cool. But it's cool because it's not all strength challenges, there's a lot of puzzles and thinking and logic involved as well, which is what I'm more into. Usually when I watch with my husband, he's like, yeah, mud, flipping tires, tough, and I'm just like, but there's that puzzle over there, and they're doing it wrong, and they could do it this way instead.
0: No, I mean, you make good points. I think you touched a little bit of what's been going on this season, and that I don't know if necessarily de-emphasizing is the right word, but they've been billing this season as like the most competitive ever, and so things like the head-to-head challenge, which is basically a physical challenge. There was no... Other than memorizing the, the race course from the first head-to-head, maybe you get an advantage that way, but tell that to Team Yale, who had to run it eight times. Right. Or uh, then the second head-to-head was that kind of marble game that they had to play on the street. Not a lot of strategy to that, other than get your marble closer to the jack than the other team. So there does seem to, I guess maybe de-emphasize, it, it, might, it might be the right word for that, unfortunately, because I'm with you. Uh, I know we talked about during the episode that physical challenges probably are faster, but if it's not your forte, they will probably set you back. For you, like you said, if your husband, Anka, was there, he'd probably want to do the mud. All and, the
1: physical ones. Yeah. All the tire flipping. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> and if he could do everything, then maybe, you know, that might help you guys out.
1: I think it's definitely helpful when there's a team put together of. Strengths and weaknesses, there's definitely some teams that complement each other in some ways, but then there's other teams that I've noticed in past seasons, not necessarily in this one, where they're all muscles and no brain, and vice versa. They're all brains and no muscles. So it's it's really difficult seeing people that have the all brains try to do those super strong challenges and they just fail time after time after time. So it's interesting to see the dynamic. But I think in this season, with everyone being so competitive, I think they kind of have the best of both worlds each teammate, has their own different strengths and weaknesses, and they've pretty much worked really well together throughout the, the whole season.
0: Yeah, you could make the argument that in terms of physical strength, maybe the quote unquote weakest is team Yale just by the eye test.
1: You know, I would think that as well, but I'd, you know, I'm i a little surprised because right. they still have kind of proved themselves otherwise.
0: Right, exactly. Especially in this episode, we'll see, uh, we'll see some cars stuck in some mud yeah. and... And some people rise up to the challenge of uh, using all of their physical strength just to get a car out of a bog. Yeah. So with that said, like, let's just talk about this episode. Uh, we spent the entire two hours in the country of Zimbabwe. The first half of the episode was on like this wildlife preserve, Team Ocean Rescue, or as Big Brother likes to call them. Team
1: Ocean Spray. <laughs>
0: Hey, maybe without knowing it, maybe Big Brother is helping Ocean Rescue get like a lifetime supply of cranberry juice. Hey. You know, you know, they might they might have a commercial, you know
1: Product placement.
0: <laughs> right, or was it, right? Like they <laughs> yeah, don't give away cars anymore, so maybe Ocean Spray got oh, in there. That's yeah, it very, like,
1: very
0: true. Yeah, tell tell one of the teams to start calling Ocean Rescue Ocean Spray, you know. Uh they end up all on the same flight going to Zimbabwe from Prague Uh, we talked about this a little bit too during the episode here more and more recent seasons they're doing this a lot more but putting everyone on the same flight to the next destination and while we touched on this on the last podcast too but I don't know if I necessarily like that week after week Last week was a little different, right? They're- Last
1: week was a little bit different. They had two different flights to get to... Was it two Prague? They had two different flights? Yeah. And they were about an hour apart, which there was a couple of teams on each flight. So it was pretty evenly distributed. I don't really like it when there's one team on the first flight, and then five teams on the second, and then one or two teams on the third, and they're hours and hours apart. If it is going to be multiple flights, I'd like that they're all kind of evenly split. And then within a close time frame, that one hour, you saw a lot of teams ended up catching up to each other. In a situation like this in Zimbabwe, I think the reason they did that was just because there's probably not a lot of flights going to Zimbabwe. That's true. That's and it true. looks like that the place that they were at, they had to take the plane and the train and the bus and a car or I think two cars. I think it was just the distance of where it was. It wouldn't really work out as easily if they were all on different flights. But then what they ended up doing was they had the um what is it called The first detour? No.
0: Roadblock? Well, well no, even they didn't have any uh roadblocks.
1: <laughs> the pitching tent?
0: <clears throat> right, that wasn't a roadblock. Both members had to pitch a tent. Oh. <laughs> um and the order uh in which they constructed their tent uh determined something that would happen later in the race as Phil so coyly. Oh, very subtle. <laughs> right? <laughs> we all knew what was coming, thanks to last week's uh, What? what the, yeah, right? Next <laughs> week. Right? And then at 4 a.m., a 4 a.m. wake-up call by Phil. He's banging pots and bands around, like getting everyone woke up.
1: Yeah. So Big Brother was the first team to finish that um, tent pitching challenge. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, what is it, the Team Ocean Rescue came in second, Yale... The Team Extreme, the Firefighters, and then Team IndyCar was last at putting their tent up. I guess driving cars and putting up tents are two different strengths. <laughs> the catch was, as Phil Lovely said, um, they had to switch partners. Yeah. So whoever had first place, so Team Big Brother got to pick their next partner.
0: Right. And they ended up choosing Team Extreme, uh, which is funny because before they got to the tents, I made a note of it. Both Big Brother and IndyCar said that Team Extreme was like their closest ally to this point. They they really enjoy working with them. And so Team Extreme is a very strong team, but they've somehow, some way, kind of kept under the radar by... And I guess, you know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. But with the race being so competitive, quote unquote...
1: Uh, he did air quotes for, for
0: reference. <laughs> uh, and yet, probably... The strongest team, I mean, if we go back and look at all their finishes, I don't think they have one outside the top three, if I'm gonna... I know that during the first three legs, they didn't, and it, no, it doesn't look like they they have. They've been in the top three every single leg. Yeah,
1: they've been a pretty great team, especially since they're two girls, because a lot of people are gonna stereotype and saying, oh, the girls are usually the kind of ditzy ones, they're not as strong, they're all brain, they're no muscle, but these girls are tough, and they know what they're doing. And you can see later on in this episode that they have the strength and the logic.
0: Big Brother, like we said, chose Team Extreme to switch up with. So Cody ended up partnering with Jen and then Jessica with Christy. And then Team Ocean Rescue, who finished second in their tent building, chose IndyCar. So Brittany went with Alex and Lucas with Connor, which left Team Yale and the Firefighters to pair up, where Henry and Eric worked together and Evan and Daniel uh, work together. So initially, what were your thoughts, Nusha? Like, were you, did, I know that we knew about this from last week with the preview and then seeing it here in the first few seconds. Were you looking forward to this? Were you keeping an open mind? Did you not think this was going to work?
1: Well, I definitely had a lot of questions about it because I saw it in the preview. So I, I thought to myself, all right, well, if they're going to show it in the preview, then it's you know, it's a pretty big thing. But at the same time, it's not going to be the biggest thing because they're already talking about it. So I was interested to see how it was going to work. I know, JD, when you and I watched the episode together, I wasn't sure if it was going to be where each person was going to pick somebody from a completely different team. I didn't realize that it was going to be an even swap. So two teams basically paired up together, and then they split within the four of them. I was a little bit surprised by who selected who, though. For whatever reason, I thought Team Big Brother was going to be more towards the indie cars, And I thought Team Ocean Rescue was going to go for, I don't know, Definitely not Team Big Brother, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs>
1: if there's one thing we know, those two teams are not friends. But along those lines, though, I, my biggest thing was how long is this going to last? Because Phil specifically said, until further notice, you guys are paired up. So are they going to hit the mat together? Are they just going to do one challenge and team back together? Are they going to have another head-to-head when they get to the mat? You know, it was kind of up in the air. So it was really interesting to see, I mean, are they going to go to the next leg together? So that was definitely kind of keeping me on the edge of my seat to see how it was going to continue from there. But that was a really interesting twist.
0: Yeah, this isn't the the first time Amazing Race has kind of paired teams together. This is definitely the first time for this specific twist. But in very early seasons, especially the one that comes to mind is the very first All-Star season, which was season 9 or 10. I remember they used to implement things called the intersection, where you get to a clue box, it would say intersection, and the team would have to wait for another team to then come to the clue box as well, and then those two teams would pair up and race together as a foursome through one or more challenges. I think this is kind of a, a offshoot of that. Uh, obviously, they're not working as a foursome, but when you have two teams and they split off evenly, as you mentioned, so you have... One big brother, one extreme on two different teams. Well, you should work together as a foursome to complete a task. And the first one was to take a raft down a river and find these canteens on these small little islands. And... Big Brother and Extreme did it the best, I felt.
1: Yeah, they definitely worked together. Yeah. Very subtly <clears throat> which I life.
0: Yes, yes. They weren't obvious like, hey, Jess. Look
1: over here. Yeah, no.
0: They, they got their attention <laughs> by waving their arms and pointing.
1: <clears throat> that was definitely great teamwork. I think another thing that they could have done, not necessarily that team, but just all the teams in general, was that they had to look at the different islands for the clue, which was the, the clue in between two canteens. I think those two teams, the pairs could have gone and said, "Hey, we're going to look on this side, you guys look on that side. We'll meet up in the middle and, you know, if we find it, we'll tell you exactly where it is." Yeah. Because they had to assume that at one point they were going to pair back together with their partner. So, I mean, what's the advantage of, you know, helping your other teammate basically?
0: Yeah, and that was one of the big questions we both had was, was this going to last until the end of the leg? Cuz with that intersection, there would always be one or two challenges and they would <laughs> Go back to regular racing before the pit stop. They never went to the pit stop as a foursome. Whereas this one, we're still in the dark on are they going to complete this challenge and then become their regular teams again? Or are they going to continue racing, do another challenge? Or will they even go all the way to the pit stop? Right. Uh, we will find out what happens after they complete this challenge. But let's talk about this challenge. It was a detour. It was. And so we had the option of Rhino Track. Or Bushwhack.
1: Can I just say really quickly, I love the funny names that come <laughs> up for all these detours and roadblocks and everything. This was a pretty clever one.
0: <laughs> for Rhino Track, you had to explore the nature reserve on horseback and find evidence of hunters and poachers. And so the the clue didn't specify how many pieces of evidence that they had to find along the trail. They had a guide with them.
1: So the guide took them along the trail trail. That they were assigned, basically. They couldn't veer off the trail and get lost or anything like that.
0: Correct, correct. Now, the teams that did this detour were given a list of about 20 or so items that they could possibly see. But not all (laughs) of them ended up showing up on the trail. Like They only had to collect eight, right?
1: They had to collect eight Eight. out of, yeah, I think it was 20 things on there.
0: Yeah, Somewhere in that ballpark. But each team collected the same eight pieces of evidence of... Hunters. There was like a cigarette butt. There was a campfire. Was there was there a like a butt?
1: fork. Or there was book. bones. Yeah. There was matches.
0: ammunition.
1: So, and then the challenge was they not only had to find the evidence, but once they get back to camp, if you will, they had to put everything in the order in which they found it. Right. So they had a map put out in front of them with photographs of each locations, and they had to put it in order. But as we find out a little bit later, some of them got a little easier than others, but we'll touch on the other challenge first.
0: The other side of the detour was bushwhack. In that, you had to take a gallon water bottle, put it in the back of a 4x4, then drive that 4x4 through a bog, find the designated area to deliver the water bottle, take back an empty one, cross a second bog, and then back to camp where you will receive your next clue. Now, not only were the bogs a challenge in this side of the detour, but also the fact that the 4 by 4s are stick shift. And if you've ever watched one episode of The Amazing Race, you know that you will never see an automatic car on The Amazing Race. So if you ever plan to go on there, please... Learn how to drive stick. Yes. (laughs) Just one person. doesn't have to be both. It should be both. But yes, one of you should learn how to drive a stick. Because that is all they have. Which on ultimately Amazers.
1: happened to, what was it, Jessica and Jen that were teamed up <clears throat> together from Team Extreme and Team Big Brother. They originally wanted to do this challenge. but Christy. A- Christy.
0: Jessica and Christy. Jessica
1: and Christy. My apologies. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so that's originally what happened to Team uh, Extreme and Big Brother, Jessica and Christy. They originally wanted to do this challenge, but as soon as they got in the car... Their guide said, Okay, which one of you is driving? It's stick shift. They both said, Switch detour, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because if they had gotten there last, there was only a certain amount of teams that could do each detour. It was three and three. So yeah. if they were the fourth team there or the third team there, they would have been stuck doing that.
0: Yeah. And as soon as they switched detours, as they're running towards Rhino Track, you have Cody and Jen. They're actual partners running past them to do bushwhack cody and jen decide we're gonna stick with this we're not gonna follow our partners like they had confidence in the fact that jessica could finish the puzzle because that was one of her strengths and cody was very confident in his ability to drive the four by four which being in the military for as long as he was makes a lot of sense and it's the more physical of the two challenges which suits him more i think and i think you would say the same thing yep so, and especially for a team like Team Extreme as well, like that I think Bushwhack definitely suited them more or at least that half of Big Brother Extreme as opposed to the Jessica and Christie side., uh, but they had their struggles of their own on Rhino track,
1: but it it's interesting because if they if their teammates would have ended up doing the same challenge as them, which they still had that opportunity because there were still those horses available, right. they could have worked together because, yeah. as you find out later on. The two girls ended up having a lot of trouble putting their pieces in order. They had to do, I think, five or six attempts before they got their clue correct.
0: It actually took them ten attempts before they got done with the detour. Like, as you said, Nusha, there were three 4x4s to use for bushwhack and three pairs of horses to be used on rhino track. So, the three pairs that were on Rhino Track were Brittany and Alex, Jessica and Christy, and Evan and Daniel. The three pairs that did the four by fours in Bushwhack were Cody and Jen, Lucas and Connor, and Henry and Eric. So, we got a clean split among the two detours. So, one partnership from each did Rhino Track, and one did Bushwhack. And, and like you said, Cody and Jen had the opportunity to follow Jess and Christie, and they would have been the second and third people to do Rhino track and they could have all worked together. And that's, that's the advantage of when you're splitting partners like this, right? I mean, you could turn your partnership into a ready-made foursome. That's a lot more organic than hoping and trusting in someone when you're trying to work together. Like last week, Jess and Christy are the second ones to get done on Rhino track. So Britt and Alex, Get done first. They got it easily. Then Jess and Christy get done. And as we mentioned before, it took them 10 attempts. Yep. Jess and Christy were a solid two, three, four attempts in. Then Evan and Daniel oh. came. Because then Jess and Christy were like, you guys want to work together? And Evan was like, we're going to do it first and see what happens. Because in, in a confessional, Evan said, if it's not you know a symbiotic relationship, like why would I help you get through this? When right. I need to get to my partner, you know?
1: She said she had no problem saying no to helping that team.
0: That's right. And for Jess and Christy, they they just got worse and worse after every attempt. Like they, they were only they only had like the last two mixed up and then they switched something else, so then they had the last three, and then from there all hell broke. So at, <laughs> at one point I think they only had like what two right out of the eight?
1: I think because the challenge is, we as viewers, we know that they got the last couple wrong, but they just know we got something wrong. They don't know if they got one or two or five or all of them. So they just keep, you know, like you said, (laughs) all broke loose, basically.
0: (laughs) And here you have Evan and Daniel, mostly Evan. Uh, She ended up getting the puzzle correctly on the very first attempt. So she ordered all eight pieces of evidence in the correct order. And they went on their way, much to the chagrin of Christy and Jess, most notably Jess, uh, who complained that Evan isn't a team player and doesn't like to work with others. Uh, And trust me, if the shoe was on the other foot... I don't see Jessica helping some other team just for the heck of it. Well,
1: I will say just based on, was it last week's episode where there was that telephone kind of telephone game, ironically, where she didn't necessarily help the teams right away, but she did say, oh, let me try this, and if it's right, you know, I'll let you know. And she did, in fact, let them know after, so she didn't completely screw them, if you will. But at the same time, it's not Evan's responsibility to be like, oh, yeah, Jess, you got these two messed up because at the end of the day, it's still a competition mm-hmm. and they still need to get out ahead. So then back to the bushwhack, there's a lot of mud. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And you would think common sense would kind of take over a little bit. But if you're not used to driving through mud or, or deep water, then you're not really going to know the best path through these bogs. When they got to each of the two quote unquote rivers and their instructor told them to get out of the car and walk through them because if you can't walk you You can't drive drive, right so you had to walk through these muddy bogs some of which got to waist and a little bit waist deep a little bit higher yeah you know so these were pretty deep and in certain parts were a lot easier to traverse than others so cody was able to find the right path on both times they had to cross. Yeah,
1: he kind of plowed right through it. No <clears throat> no hesitation. I think he also had a little bit of an advantage because the car that they picked was a little bit higher up than the other 4x4s. Oh, you think so?
0: I, I think so. Okay, I didn't pay attention to that part, but... What? Did you <laughs>
1: pay attention? I mean... Now, I would... <laughs> it looks like the car did have a little bit of a higher suspe- suspension compared to the other two mm. that the racers were using. Okay.
0: So the other two teams, Lucas and Connor and Henry and Eric, uh, both experienced some trouble at the second crossing. Henry and Eric especially, I didn't understand what they were doing because Lucas and Connor were already stuck. Henry and Eric were almost following right behind them.
1: It's interesting because Alex from Team IndyCar, when he walks through to kind of test the waters... He was in the deepest part. He walked through completely the deepest part. And then the other team, just that's exactly where they drove through. So I'm wondering, did they not walk through that same area? Maybe the taller guy walked through. He has longer legs. (laughs) It wasn't as deep for him. I'm not really sure. But they ended up getting stuck almost immediately. Yeah,
0: And for poor Henry and Eric, they got stuck on the far side of the crossing versus Lucas and Connor were kind of stuck on the near side. So when they were trying to pull the 4x4 out of the ditch, Lucas and Connor really only had about five, ten feet to go and it was still a lot of work because the, the winch was only pulling the, the four by four maybe like an inch or two at a time, you right. know. Like it wasn't it wasn't easy. But then Henry and Eric were on the far side, like we said, and that was just that much more work, but They, I think, they kind of brought it on themselves by
1: definitely did
0: kind of following the same path. And we didn't see—I don't remember seeing Lucas or Connor or Henry or Eric getting out and walking that second crossing. Do you?
1: Lucas and Connor, I do remember, and I apologize. I think I said Alex instead of Connor earlier, but yeah, Lucas and Connor definitely—they walked through. But I don't remember seeing Henry and Eric Eric walk through it. Mm -hmm. But what I did find interesting was that when they had to, what is that tool that they used to bring the car up? The winch. The winch. The winch. What did, he, uh, what did he call him? <laughs> what did Caller call, call Lucas? The,
0: the Winch King. The
1: Winch King. So Lucas, the Winch King, and he actually is very deserving of this title because he worked that winch like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> he put his whole body into it and just winched it back and forth. I don't even know if that's correct. <laughs> but, uh, but the other team, man, both of them had to get out of the car and both of them had to physically, <laughs> with everything in them, move that winch, and they didn't make nearly as much progress. So no. they was that was definitely entertaining to watch, I will say.
0: <laughs> Watching two guys on one winch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Watching two guys struggle.
0: <laughs> I think the best part of this leg was, in a confessional, Connor wanted to see an instant replay of anybody who was able to get through that second crossing on the first try because it was impossible. So cut straight to... Cody and Jen back to on their, oh, on their process, right through it. right on their first try that it, was
1: great editing on the producers <clears> part yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> so after they get done with the detour they get their next clue and it says proceed to the pit stop now we had a couple of theories on what might happen um, seeing as how we were still in mixed teams we one of the ideas was that possibly the team that came in last, it could be a one-on-one head-to-head, and whoever lost it would go home. Right. Right. And then the other one Another was... theory
1: was that they'd continue with their other per- other teammate, their new teammate, onto the next leg.
0: Right. But with a speed bump, maybe.
1: With a speed bump, yeah. Right, because
0: it was a non-elimination leg. We
1: were thinking that both teams in the bottom would get a speed bump.
0: <clears throat> right, right. Whoever came in last, which in this case ended up being Jessica and Christy, so... Cody and Jen were the first to actually get there, but then their partners... Did not get there until the very last so they could not check in until their partners got there however phil told them that they were still racing so in essence it was just one giant leg yep.
1: yeah I, I noticed that they've done that i don't know if this has been consistent over the course of the series or just in the last few seasons but they have done a few times where as soon as you get to the pit stop and you check in here's your next clue you're still racing so it's a it's a fun little twist that they do especially since these two challenges didn't take nearly as long as some other challenges did. So it's like, hey, your day's just getting started. Keep on going.
0: To your question, Nusha, yes, they have done it throughout the, the series where they had a, a, a keep racing leg. Now, sometimes they've incorporated speed bumps, and sometimes they have it. So maybe I'll have to check my Amazing Race history on that. But I, I, I feel like that you they have –
1: You should check your spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> For those of you that don't know what she's referencing – When I went on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I did let the producers know that I had a trivia spreadsheet that I used to help me study. And so that was a big talking point while I was on that show. However, I do not have an Amazing Race spreadsheet, so I will have to use other means to find the information I'm looking for. So teams left two at a time from Phil to continue racing, obviously. The first two that left were Ocean Rescue and IndyCar. Then Yale and the firefighters left a ways after them. And then a little bit after them were Big Brother and Team Extreme. However, Big Brother and Extreme caught up to Yell on the Firefighters. So the four of them kind of were making the back of the pack. So at the first clue box, where we find out we have the detour, we also see another for double U-turn. Double second,
1: U-turn. Second week in a row. Double U-turns are brutal.
0: Yeah. Now, they're doing it different this year. It's not the biggest deal in the world. I'm just curious as to why they're doing it this way. But they're having them... U-turn people before they even see what the detour options are or do a detour. Because in years past, you know, you get the clue saying detour, you know, A or B, caution, double double U-turn ahead. ahead. Yeah. So you do one, and then you head back. After you complete the detour, you would go to the double U-turn mat, decide whether or not you want to U-turn someone, or find out if you've been U-turned, and then you go on your merry way. But this season... Second week in a row, you're you're U-Turning someone before you even get the detour clue. Does that bother you? Is it I just a big deal? Like
1: For me, that doesn't really bother me too much. Right. It's, it's it's there or it's not. It exactly. doesn't really matter too much. As long as you're not the one that's being W U-turned or the one right. that's being U-turned, right. then, you know. But so the teams that decided to do a U-turn were, surprise, surprise, Team Ocean Rescue. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, they U-turned Team Big Brother. <laughs> That was a huge shock. I didn't expect that at all. What about you, JB? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I, I I can't believe that they would take this opportunity to do that to Big Brother. Um, yeah, you know, I feel...
1: The, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I feel like out of all of the teams, this is like the <laughs> only one, the the only two that are true rivals in this season.
0: Right, right. Yeah, It just because it just seems like whenever teams have kind of clashed, and I don't even know if clash is the right word, because we've seen previous seasons where teams have been at each other's throats but if there are two teams that you said like you said are rivals it would be ocean rescue and big brother just because of britney and jessica have had a contentious relationship on the race first with the gnome incident and then last week with the phones britney didn't appreciate it so we have that yeah big surprise team ocean rescue or ocean spray did that to big brother and then right behind them, IndyCar goes ahead and uses their U-turn.
1: And they U-turn Team Yale. Right. But the reason I think that they did that was not out of anything personal, but mostly out of they see that Team Yale are very strong competitors, mm-hmm. and they wanted to try to knock out the stronger players out of the game.
0: Yeah. And you really can't fault them for that. I'm okay with strategic decisions on the race. Like it, it you mentioned before last week with Jessica and the telephone <clears throat> oh wrote, how I
1: was talking about how she didn't essentially help them right away, but then as soon as she got her clue, she's like, Oh yeah guys, this is the real phrase.
0: Yeah, because she wanted that head start, but then she didn't wanna burn bridges, but she kind of burned them anyway, yeah. unknowingly. But I still I, I I don't really fault her for that. It's just when you're watching it at home, especially when you have other teams that you may or may not like, it's like, oh man, like they're playing hard and it's like you kinda wanna see kinda wanna see Team Yale and Team Big Brother kind of overcome this, you know what I mean? Yep. But again, no fault to IndyCar at all. I I don't know what I would do if I was ever on the race, but I can't say that I wouldn't do it, you know what I mean? I
1: probably would do the same thing if they had the opportunity, <coughs> especially since they had such a big advantage as well. Because if they didn't do it, then the other three teams that would have gotten there, it would have been probably a pretty brutal brawl to try to get to that u turn board.
0: Most definitely. I think the biggest surprise, Nusha, is the fact that we see the front runners on this leg, Ocean Rescue and IndyCar, using the U-turn on two others. It's happened more and more here in more recent seasons, but when the U-turn was first introduced, I think you saw more and more of the teams in front not worrying about it and letting the, the teams in the back of the pack fight each other out. because there's There really is no reason to use it, per se, when you're ahead because then you're just putting a target on... Your back if they happen to stay, and in this case, both teams that got U-turned stayed. So now, Ocean Rescue IndyCar have to wash their backs. A little Spoiler
1: back. alert!
0: <laughs> Oops, <laughs> sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> I think there's definitely two. There's two different ways to go about the U-turn board. It's a <clears> to get <throat> your biggest competitor out of the race. Or B to get your closest competitor out of the race. Like if you're the second or last person, yeah. and you want to get that last person out, then that's you know an advantage for that w U turn. But right.
0: and that's what Big Brother did last week to exactly. The, the but
1: I think for Team Ocean Rescue, that was a very personal decision. And yep. for Team IndyCar, they just they just knew that they were up against some really great people with Team Yale.
0: Right. Yep. Hundred percent agree on yep. both assessments. So when we get to the detour, we have two sides of it. One side, handle with care. The other side, just get it there. In handle with care, you had to go to this mall that was architecturally modeled on a termite hill, uh, mostly for like the ventilation because you're in Zimbabwe, it's Africa, it's hot. The way this building is set up, they use minimal air conditioning just because the ventilation is so good but it is also seven, eight stories tall. I
1: think so, and it was massive. It was massive. It was like a mile wide. I'm probably exaggerating. <laughs> you can You can get the idea.
0: Yeah, so you had to find the mail center in the mall, pick up seven packages, and then deliver them to various places of business throughout the mall on multiple floors, and then grab a piece of mail from the business and take it back to the mail center. And once you've done that to all seven places... You can get your next clue in Just Get It There. You go to a tire shop. Each team member must roll a tire through the busy market, through the streets. Find a marked truck to put the tires in the back of. And from there, you can get your next clue. Now, at first glance, I think we both said Just Get It There. The tire one was probably the one we would choose. Oh, no,
1: not me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would go for the to building. <clears throat>
0: okay. <yeah.
1: laughs> So I think a little bit of strategy that each of the players that went for the, uh, um, what was the first one called?
0: Handle with care.
1: Handle with care. I think the strategy that a couple of them missed was they didn't know where any of the packages were going. And instead of figuring that out first, they just grabbed a handful of packages and tried to figure it out. So they went to an information desk and they said, oh, this is on the sixth floor. This is the seventh floor, what have you. And they started running there. Well, they didn't realize that some of the locations were right next to each other or on the same floor at least. And they ended up having to double back a lot. And in fact, one of the packages ended up going, or they had two packages that ended up going to the same place. Right. So they would have maybe figured out where they all went first, since it looks like the information desk was fairly close to where the mail was. They could have at least taken the two packages or um, that they needed for that one place. And I think the location was actually written on the on the package where it was delivered to. So they could have seen the dental care center was on two packages. They could have taken those up at the same time. But they didn't because they're working under pressure and they're not logical. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that is, that's the biggest thing about the Amazing Race. You know, read your clues, read them thoroughly. And when you get in a situation like this, this is almost just the same. Like you said, since there was two packages that went to the same office, you should probably go through and see, okay, we have seven packages here. Let's look and see where these seven places are. Because I think another strategy you had mentioned, Nusha, was the fact that – or memorize the places you needed to go. Then go to the information desk and say, hey, where's where's the dental office? Where's this place? Where's yep. the other place? Or get as many as you can and then just go.
1: Unlike what the firefighters did <coughs> where the clue didn't specify whether they can only take one or they could take right. more than one. So they just took one. They took one package, went to one location, and had to double back. But once they came back the second time, they realized, let's just get more packages. So they kind of figured that out. But it was interesting because Team Yale, remember they got the double U-turn with Big Brother. They got to the mall before Big Brother left. But they didn't cross paths, so they didn't see each other. So Team Yale didn't realize that they had a one-up against Team Big Brother. Right, right. And then with the Just Get It There, that was a busy marketplace. (laughs) And there was no air conditioning there.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, there wasn't. And so busy, in fact, that Team IndyCar kind of got separated from Extreme and Ocean Rescue. Because I feel like the three of them were close enough or at some point people were working with each other. And I know that the six of them were all relatively close to each other. But somehow IndyCar... Made a wrong turn, or they continue straight where the they other people
1: passed where they were supposed to go.
0: Yeah, and they even <laughs> they even loaded their tires into uh, a, into a, another person's truck. And those are the best. That when was great. These scenes are so classic whenever they happen when they're supposed to deliver something and they're at the wrong place and the, the people are just looking at them like, what are these crazy Americans doing? Why are they putting tires in my truck? I mean, and then
1: the team is just standing there Clue? Do you have my clue? Can, can I have a clue? And they're like <laughs> looking at you like Can you get your tires out of my
0: truck, bro? <laughs> so once they once IndyCar didn't have a clue they just, they decided well, this might not be the, the right truck <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. oh. <laughs>
1: Did you, by the way, state when we started this podcast that we both are kind of (coughs) sick? We're both coughing and are a little congested.
0: (laughs) Disclaimer, Nusha and I are both kind of sick and a little congested.
1: Sorry if you hear random coughing in the background.
0: (laughs) Anyway, you'll figure it. I mean, if you listen this far, you probably figure it out by now, anyway. So, (laughs) so team
1: IndyCar finally made it back to the correct marked truck, (laughs) dropped off their tires, and then got their next glue.
0: Yeah, so what was interesting was that the two teams that got U-turned we had Yale start with the tires and then move to the mall, like we mentioned. When they first got to the mall, Big Brother was leaving, but they didn't cross paths. So, as you said, Yale had a, a bit of a, a one-up on them. Right. And they also got the firefighters to help them a yeah. little bit by telling them where the first couple of packages went. Because Yale had already taken a couple of packages. They crossed paths with the firefighters who were about to finish. They asked if they could point them in the right direction you know and to,
1: without hesitation the firefighters were like, yep this is over <clears> here <throat> that's over there one package is on the sixth floor in that yep. corner so that was that was really great teamwork right there yeah
0: and the same could be said on the other side with the tires as IndyCar was finally finishing up after their excursion in Zimbabwe Big Brother was pulling up and Big brother actually stopped IndyCar's cab from leaving. Cody just ribs open the van door is like, hey, where is it, guys? And IndyCar, I-, I guess in that situation, you're probably not trying to think strategically enough to be like, hey, I don't want to help you or maybe they're just nice guys or maybe they like them or whatever. But IndyCar also helped Big Brother and told him, hey, just keep going down this street. You're going to go through a tunnel.
1: Up some stairs. Up some
0: stairs on the right after the tunnel and y- you'll be right there. It's just when you get to this late, in the game, and you have a double U-turn, that's big. Yeah. Especially the two teams that got double U-turn ended up getting help. Right.
1: Especially also since Team IndyCar was there when Team Ocean Rescue U-turned Big Brother. They did it basically at the same time. Those teams showed up. They decided we're going to double U-turn these two people. Right. And they ended up helping. I mean, Team IndyCar didn't U-turn Big Brother, but they were still there when they... You know, right, they and they, they still decided to help them.
0: Yeah, they they worked with Ocean Rescue to use up both double U turns. Like you said, it was, that was a very interesting turn considering that they U turned one one of the two teams, but then they ended up helping the other team that was U turned. But
1: well, didn't Team Extreme <clears throat> also accidentally help Evan Team y- Yale?
0: Yes, because Extreme was leaving the tire detour as Yale got there, and. Jen told Evan and Henry right off the bat, like, "Hey, like, just go up those stairs, like, we're just right past there to the right." And Christy was beside herself because Evan didn't help Christy at the detour on the last leg where they had to figure out the puzzle after going through the nature reserve.
1: Yeah, she almost got kicked off her own team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jen, to her credit, as soon as she said it, realized like, "Why did I just do that?"
1: And I don't think it was that much of an advantage either, because they were essentially right there, and it was kind of just like a little push in the right direction. True. It's not like they had been lost and traveling around in circles for hours or 20 minutes or whatever and say, like, hey, guys, help me, like, we're so lost. It was kind of like, hey, you're going in the right direction. It's just right up those stairs. No big deal. I think it was no harm, no
0: foul. Yeah. So as expected, Big Brother and Yale were the last two to finish their detours. Yale finished just before Big Brother. And they had one more challenge to get through. Again, not a roadblock, but another team challenge. They had to go to this park area and learn, they learn <laughs> to, a song. They had to learn a song and some dance. Well, they didn't really have to move, learn the dance. Moves, I think they which just needed to
1: show a little enthusiasm. Right. I got excited because <clears throat> when they were showing the preview of the detour, I was like, oh my gosh, it's a dancing challenge. I am all over this. Yeah, right. It ended up being a singing challenge, which is a little less exciting for me personally, but <laughs> it was still a lot of fun. But basically they had a song and there was two parts to it and each partner had to sing a certain part of it and then they had to come together and sing at the end. But the dancing kind of came in where they just had to show their enthusiasm and shake their hips and not be relying on the paper in their hand for their words. So which team came up first in that?
0: So the first team that got there was Team Extreme. Uh, the second team was Ocean Rescue. IndyCar was third. Firefighters fourth. Yale followed up by Big Brother in last place. Yeah, I know you and I were both agreed in the fact that we would much rather have choreography and the dancing if we were doing it, but probably for entertainment value, while bad dancing is pretty entertaining, listening to people trying to sing and sing off-key, off-beat, everything. <laughs> Off-everything, off you can words. imagine. <laughs> yeah, right, Off-words. Uh, it, it's probably more entertaining to watch that than missteps on, on the dance floor. So, do we know who had the most attempts? Because I think... Like, I want to say it? it
1: was Team Extreme. So do
0: I. Because I, I, I feel like they, what, 10, 11, 12 attempts? Like
1: I'm not sure exactly how many. It was definitely more than five. Yeah. Yeah, Team Extreme definitely had the most attempts. And it was... Is it Christy that was having the most trouble with it? She yes. was just not getting it. She was just off pace a lot. And it was it was taking a lot out of her. You can tell she was getting really discouraged and yeah. really frustrated. But then by the end, she's like, all right, I got this. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to shake my hips. And, <laughs> and they, de- they actually ended up doing a pretty great job. But I would say that this was a pretty entertaining challenge <laughs> to watch.
0: Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. Because the best part is when you have like these subjective competitions like this where you have a judge that needs to say, okay, you did it well enough. It, it's so great when they have to like cut them off right in the middle and be like, man, you guys are really bad at this.
1: <laughs> and then the look on their faces like, what did I do wrong? Right? Like,
0: yeah. no one knows what they did wrong at the time. Especially Cody for Big Brother. He... Cody from Big Brother and then Christy from Extreme, I think were the two that had the hardest time. Like they were doing what they could. They thought they were getting it right. And when they were told that they were off beat or not doing something right, they're just almost shutting down in a way, because they were just like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm kind of over it. Like I'm just I'm doing my best. I don't understand what I need to do now. What but-
1: I didn't like about Cody from Team Big Brother was that <laughs> he not only was acting like that, he was kinda like, you know, Jessica was like, Are you gonna keep rehearsing? He's like, No. I'm not going to rehearse anymore. I'm done. He was kind of like, eh, I'm over it type attitude, which I didn't really like that. I mean, you're in the amazing race. You're racing for a million dollars. You're going to keep practicing and you're going to keep doing it. You're just going to get up there and get it done. And I think it turned out in the next attempt after that, they ended up getting it. But I will say I was really impressed with Team Yale because they got up there and immediately they were like, you know, we both know different languages. We got the pronunciation down immediately. And I was like, well, I mean, you went to Yale. So I guess that makes sense.
0: (laughs) But Ivy League education is definitely helping you guys on the Amazing Race right now. Yeah, that was very impressive watching them. Yeah, uh, They went, dove right into it. They're not afraid of any challenge. They're smart enough to know that they need to think strategically in every challenge, even if it's physical. But, albeit this one wasn't. And like you said, them speaking multiple languages, they were able to pick up the, the nuances of mm-hmm. the language a little bit better because uh, multiple teams mentioned the fact that we're reading this as if it's English, but in Zimbabwe, they have different pronunciations with different words, you know, right. like if you have like an S-W or a Z-H, that might not be how we would, how we think about in our minds.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting to see. I think we probably should have looked up the, those lyrics before we started this podcast so we could have ended it with singing that, but I think I think we'll spare your listeners yeah. my, my horrible singing voice.
0: Well, I wouldn't be much better, so trust me.
1: <laughs> but Dancing! I'm all over dancing. Okay. I'm waiting for that challenge.
0: Okay, well, when we get the YouTube channel back up, we'll, uh, we'll choreograph some dance moves and we can we can get at it. So, Extreme got their first. Ocean Rescue got their second, but they flip-flopped in terms of Ocean Rescue leaving first and Extreme right behind them, and Ocean Rescue gets their second first-place first place. finish of the race.
1: And they're going on another trip. Double honeymoon must be nice.
0: Right? (laughs) And as Brittany mentioned in one of her confessionals, like, they're in it to win it. The million dollars make for the most epic wedding ever. And, or, you know, like, you can get, like, a house and cars and everything. And that's when (laughs) Nusha
1: says, don't spend a million dollars on a wedding. (laughs) Hi, I'm Nusha. I plan weddings. Don't spend a million dollars on wedding. (laughs)
0: I think the guys that have the most fun on this race are Team IndyCar. Oh,
1: for sure. <laughs> uh, they were
0: they were dancing around. They probably had the most enthusiasm out of anybody up there on stage doing their thing. And
1: even after they got their clue and they finished the challenge, they were still dancing. Right. They, went, they, yeah. they jumped down and their backup dancers, they're just cruising with them. And then they got their clue and they're still on their high. And, right? JD, you and I are sitting there like, go to the mat. What are right. you doing? Read your clue. Go to the mat.
0: Dude, you're going you're to get the last place yeah, because yeah, you're literally standing there talking about how you're getting groovy and things like that. It's like...
1: Like, Team Yale's right behind you.
0: <laughs> I know you're in third place, but...
1: So then let's cut to the mat. <coughs> so Team IndyCar gets the mat, and then right behind him oh, yeah. is Team Yale. And oh my god, you can cut the tension <laughs> in the room with a knife.
0: If looks could kill. If Evan. looks could kill. Henry was just kind of whatever. Evan, Evan was definitely. She did it personally. Yeah, yeah, she did. I mean, some you know sometimes in the heat of the moment you can't help but. But IndyCar straight up said, "Like, look, you guys are awesome. Like, obviously, you just proved our point because we U turned you
1: and you beat two teams,
0: right? You're in fourth place out of six now, right? It's like, I mean, it's still a tough pill to swallow, and it's. Now, I was rooting for Yale to stay in the game, even though I don't blame IndyCar for doing what they did. Yeah, I don't. Because I I like them too, you know? And uh, we also, one last confessional from IndyCar, we got Alex's Greatest Achievements in order.
1: This is great.
0: Number one was his Formula One racing debut. Number two was winning the Indy 500. And number three was completing a singing competition on The Amazing Race. You know, so that's definitely, you know, a top three moment. Maybe if they actually win, maybe that could sneak into the top three. Maybe. Maybe, maybe,
1: maybe it's number four, though. Maybe, yeah. I don't
0: right? know.
1: <clears throat> it's kind of tough to beat singing on The Amazing Race. Yeah,
0: right. Like, forget winning it, but just singing on it. Like, I...
1: Singing successfully, I'll have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. They actually had some of the fewest tries, I want to say, because even Connor made mention of the fact after their second try, they actually got pretty far. And I thought for a second there, maybe they had a shot, but I think they I, did it on their third try yeah.
1: because they spent more time practicing and there were teams that went up there and did attempt after attempt after attempt, but they're like, you know, I'm just going to practice it first and make sure I get it right. And yeah. then go up there and perform, yeah. which I think was a smart move.
0: <clears throat> yeah. When you have challenges like this, it is very important that rehearsal time is very important. We've seen it time after time in other races as well. The more time you spend, the better off you're going to be because you get teams like Extreme or Big Brother that go up there six, seven, eight, ten times. They start getting frustrated or one person gets frustrated and they don't want to do it anymore. The fact of the matter is everyone is struggling. And so if you take advantage of that rehearsal time and actually listen to your coach and work on what they're trying to tell you, because for a lot of people, at first it was the pronunciation. And then once they got that down, they were still a little offbeat just because it's These are all new words to them. So, yeah, trying to enunciate correctly, pronounce these words correctly, all while keeping a beat. That's very difficult. It does take a few attempts. And if you do your due diligence during the rehearsal time, it'll work out. And now, obviously, language is something that comes more naturally to some people rather than others. Same thing with rhythm. But it's all about the rehearsal time. And if you just stick with it, and I know that Extreme and Big Brother, they're very alpha in terms of being competitive and getting their stuff done. It doesn't matter what the task at hand is. If it needs to be done, it's going to get done. And eventually they did.
1: Right. So then it just comes down to uh, the firefighters and Team Big Brother and... Big Brother got it before the firefighters. Yeah,
0: by just minutes, you know like- just
1: minutes. they went right be- right behind <clears throat> each other. They both got it on their next attempt after each other and uh, it was just basically a race for the mat. And this is something that I want to bring up about the editing that comes with the amazing race is I realize that well from what we see as viewers, it looks like it's a really close race that they're running like right on top of their toes to try to get there. But I'm really curious to see how much time there actually is in between those two attempts. Yeah.
0: Because
1: to us, Team Brother gets off and then Team Firefighters get up there right away. But we don't know if there was five minutes in between. We don't know if there was ten minutes in between. We don't know if there was five seconds in between. Yeah. And then when you see them kind of like running across the street, oh my gosh, are they going to get lost? Are they going to make a wrong turn? Are they going to make it there? I think it's mostly just for our entertainment. But yeah. ultimately, Team Big Brother hit the mat first, which is a huge feat considering that they got U-turned and had to do both challenges.
0: Yeah, so as I uh, mentioned earlier, both teams that got U-turned ended up saving themselves. And, and the great equalizer was that singing challenge, obviously, because that came after the detour. And for the firefighters, I mean, they worked their butt off. like They're just the, a couple of... Down home blue collar kind of guys. I mean, they just put their head down and did what they could for as long as they could, and you gotta respect them for it. And they just came up with one challenge that just obviously was not their forte. I don't think it was anybody's forte. I do not
1: think it was anyone's forte
0: either. <clears throat> but less so for the firefighters than anybody else, so I'm sad to see them go. Like they were they were fun enough to watch, you know. Yeah.
1: They had some strengths and they definitely weren't the strongest team for sure. Did they did they get first place at all in any of the legs? Or even top three?
0: I don't believe they came in first, they did have a couple, they had a second place finish okay. in the sixth leg in Prague, and I want to say, they, okay, they had a third place finish in the fifth leg.
1: So they were a pretty strong team, just not first place potential.
0: They were in the bottom half of the first few legs. We were able to move up from the fifth and sixth legs, like I said, a third and a second place finish, and then they finished, with only six teams left. Well, uh, you
1: know, I, I do want to say, because this, uh, <clears throat> this challenge was a bit of memorization, this kind of just brought me back to a couple legs ago where they had to do that test, where they had to go and sit in a class and they had to memorize a bunch of answers and then get tested on it later, yeah. and they did terribly in that one. Yeah. You know, everyone has their different strengths and weaknesses, and it was definitely a sad one to see that these guys were going to be going home, but it was still an entertaining show that they put on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that leaves us with the final five. We have Ocean Rescue, Team Extreme, IndyCar, Team Yale, Big Brother. These are five really strong teams. I mean, I thought early on Ocean Rescue, I, I think I mentioned this in the previous Amazing Race podcast, Ocean Rescue seemed to be one of those slow-burning teams. Like, they were middle of the pack, you know, 7th and 8th there for the first couple. But with... I hate to try to, like, assess screen time and editing and whatnot, but I just had a feeling that they were the team that was going to be like... Okay, we're going to stick around for a while, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, we don't seem very strong now, but then, boom, we're in the final four, final right. five. And here they are in the final five, and to their credit, they do have two first-place finishes now in the last three, four legs. So,
1: Which I feel like, the I think it was, was it last season where there was the blind date couples, or the couples that didn't know each other? Yeah,
0: last season was all... Uh, teams that met at the mat. They weren't blind dates. We're not but. blind
1: dates, but they met at the mat. Right, and I remember the people that won, I thought they were going to rip each other's throats out the
0: entire
1: <laughs> season. And I was like, there's no way that these two people are going to win this race. Right. There's absolutely no way. They were the underdogs. I mean, they complained, both of them, the entire <clears> time. And then they finished in first, and I was beside myself. I was shocked. So it could honestly go any different direction. And with this five... Teams, these five teams that we have left. I don't know who I'm in favor for. I truly don't. I don't know who I think is the strongest. I think Christy and Jen, Team Extreme, are definitely tough competitors. But I think that all the teams are really strong in their own ways.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But I would honestly say that you could argue that IndyCar might be the weakest of the five.
1: I maybe might agree with you. <clears throat> I might agree with you on that.
0: You know, they're the they're the they're the fun loving team, but they haven't shown. The ability to get where they need to be in a timely manner. Yeah, or, I think they
1: might be the underdogs in this. I think if you had yeah. to ask me right now who I think the top three would be, I think it'd be Team Extreme, Team Yale, and as much as I don't want to say it, I think Team Big Brother.
0: I, that is my top. If I had to use these five teams for power rankings, I would put those one, two, and three as well in any order. Probably, any ex- order. yeah. yeah. You probably, Extreme would probably be the top team because. Outside of the partner swap leg, if I'm not mistaken, they've had a top three finish every leg so far in this race. So they are definitely the strongest team, I would say. But yeah, Yale and Big Brother. If they're one, then Yale and Big Brother are 1B and 1C right behind them. Right. With Ocean Rescue kind of being, as I said, that, that kind of surprising strong team. Because I thought they would be that team that, Wouldn't get necessarily a first or even a second place finish, but they'd finish, you know, one or two spots ahead from being eliminated. So they're going to be there in the final four.
1: Constantly right in the middle. Right. But no, they proved us wrong.
0: Yeah. Much pleasantly surprised. You know, like it's good to see if it's touted as the most competitive season ever, then you want to see the most competitive teams. And so far, it's lived up to its billing, regardless of the fact that we may or may not like some of the twists they've introduced. So going back on that, I was actually okay with this partner swap thing, to be honest. Okay. I think I'd like it more if they didn't do the head-to-head matchups earlier in the season. If they only did one of these things, I think I'd be okay with it. Because I didn't care for the head-to-head, but the first time they did it, I was like, okay, you know what, it was the second leg, whatever, it's fine. A team, The team that went home, I I, I wasn't invested in. <laughs> sorry, t- hashtag Team Goat Yoga, sorry
1: what is even
0: goat yoga? <laughs> Sorry, continue. I don't want to know the answer. That would be at... The, no. <laughs> For those of you wanting to inform Nusha of what goat yoga is...
1: Please don't at me.
0: <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know what? All right, they did it. It's over with, fine. And then they turn around and do it a second time. I'm like, really though? Yeah, I definitely don't
1: want that to be a reoccurring thing of this season or
0: just the show, the series in general. Yeah. I'm hoping this was just because it was supposed to be the most competitive season ever. And this was just supposed to be a way to bring that competitiveness out of the teams. So I'm hoping this doesn't become a regular occurrence like you said, Nusha, but if it does, I hope that they limit it to once and it's early in the season, whether it's the very first leg or one of those first two, three legs. If they bring this back again, when, with the final four, and this is what determines a spot in the final three for the finals, I'm definitely not going to like that. And I, and because I said that and I put that on the universe, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen now.
1: So. so you know what I just thought of and realized that hasn't happened yet this season? There's no Express Pass. Right. There is no Express Pass. Did you talk about that in the last podcast? Because I don't remember hearing that. No, no. Yes. We hadn't. I um, wonder why <clears> they decided not to do that. Because at this point, it's too late to introduce an Express Pass.
0: No, honestly I didn't even think about that um,
1: maybe it's because they're such competitive people they didn't think that anyone would use it because they like to do the tough stuff
0: <laughs> <coughs> yeah. yeah I'm sure so I'm sure all these teams would be like no we don't we don't want to use the expert give ourselves an advantage it's fine no but I, I wonder if they did that on purpose for this whole competitive thing you know yeah. I, I
1: don't no, know no, I, let's
0: call Phil <laughs> <laughs> you know I I don't mind that it's not there because, honestly, I, I didn't even think about it. But I also do like it when it is there. Like, they had it pretty much every season for about, what, 10, 12, yeah. 15 seasons. So it, it's as much a part of the game as anything else, um, even though it wasn't introduced until, like, season 15 or whatever. I, we're, I'm ballparking these maybe numbers.
1: Maybe they're phasing it
0: out. Oh, uh, Maybe. Maybe it's just one of those things that they're going to – if we're lucky enough to get more seasons of The Amazing Race, maybe – you know, some some seasons will filter in like the express pass, and then some seasons will get like this head to head showdown no. thing. And, you know, I vote express
1: pass. Right, get right. rid of the head to head, Phil. If right. you're listening, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, because the races we know it, it wasn't like that originally. I mean, speed bumps came in a lot later. The Express Pass came in a lot later. U-turns weren't a thing until like season 12 or 13. So, you know, times change and things get introduced. Some things are better than others. Like we mentioned earlier, I think we mentioned earlier, the intersection. Mm -hmm. That lasted a few seasons. um, Hasn't really been seen since. And then we kind of have this offshoot today with the uh, partner swap. Though, considering this is the most competitive season ever, as we hear every week, I would have liked to have seen those bottom two teams do something, whether it be a speed bump or whether those two had to do a head-to-head. That'd be and,
1: interesting <clears throat> for sure.
0: And and maybe even do a head-to-head, still have it be non-elimination, and then have that losing team do the speed bump. Yep. Maybe that maybe that's a little too much for the the airtime that they have. But it was a two-hour show. I mean, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> cut out some of the rolling tires in the market. It's fine.
1: Like, I wonder... You have,
0: uh, i was just say, if you have enough time to do it at the end of like leg two and show it on TV and leg four, like you do it there too.
1: I wonder what other surprises they're going to have the rest of the season because there's five teams left. There's going to be, what, at least two more episodes, right? The top five and then three, no, three more episodes. Top yeah. five, top four, and then the final three. Yeah. So there's got to be at least one or two more surprises somewhere.
0: Right. Considering they've had three already, two head to heads plus this partner swap. I don't doubt there's going to be one more. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. Again, now that I've put it out in the universe, like there's probably going to be one more head to head. And if it, if it's in the final four to determine who's going to make it to the final three and race to the finish line, I mean, I'm not going to not watch the show obviously, but I just don't think it's a, I don't know if, if it's not fair, but it's, yeah, it's, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. It's not the way that we've watched the race for 30 some odd years. And I know I'm not trying to be, like, one of those, like, get off my lawn kind of guys, like, but you have all these challenges throughout the lane of the race anyway. And production has inserted themselves to the point where they have all the teams going to the next destination relatively packed together as opposed to in the early days where one team would get in four hours ahead and then you have three more teams get in and then two hours after them you get three more teams and then an hour after that three more teams. They're all bunched together now to create that competitive nature. And I'm sure it's easier from a production standpoint to keep all the teams together. And I'm sure it, it makes for better TV and, and a better oh, yeah. race. I mean, I don't disagree with that. It
1: Maybe it's just because Phil's getting old and he's tired of waiting for people on the mat.
0: <laughs> but you have all these challenges that you put together. You have a detour, you have a roadblock, and you have other uh, tasks where both teammates have to work together to do something. Like the singing one today or, or the uh, the b- building a tent challenge. And it's like, if you have all of those, why do you need this one extra challenge at the pit stop?
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you.
0: You know? At that point, what is, what is the race when you just got to hold up and wait for someone else to come behind you anyway? But that's just one man's opinion. I don't well,
1: know. one thing we know for sure is that sometime in the next episode, we're going to find out that somebody made a huge mistake that... <coughs> That has something to do with their passport. Uh, Yeah. Uh, One of the indie team uh, racers clearly points out one of the number one rules in the Amazing Race is always have your passport with you. So that's a little bit of a foreshadowing that someone probably lost their passport.
0: If reading your clue is Amazing Race 101, then having your passport on you at all times is Amazing Race 100. You're obviously going to different countries. Like, you can't not have your passport. It's it's, it's ridiculous. I don't want to say ridiculous, because in the heat of the moment, things can happen. But, man, I I would have a hard time. I'm
1: hoping that maybe they just misplaced it in their backpack or something, and they didn't actually lose it. Because that would actually be pretty serious if they lost their passport somewhere in the world.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, this wouldn't be the first time, and we've seen multiple teams over the years go home because of it. And it's a shame because it, 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 it turns out more times than not that it's a team that you end up becoming emotionally invested in. It, next week will be an interesting episode.
1: I'm wondering <coughs> if, because Connor from Indie, Team Indy... God, Connor from... What is their name? Team Indy team
0: Indie Car? Team
1: Indy Car. He's the one that made the comment. So I'm wondering if it's him that lost his passport, right. or if he's just commenting on somebody else that lost right, it. So, right, So. We'll see what happens.
0: We shall see. All right, Misha. Well, this was fun.
1: This was fun. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so awkward. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you did great. Like, We'll be happy to have you anytime you want to come on and talk Amazing Race or anything else. All
1: right.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again to everyone for listening to us on this edition of Reality Rundown. We just went through the Amazing Race let us know your thoughts on this leg and your thoughts on the season as a whole. If you like the twist so far, do you like who's in the final five? Who do you think is going to win? Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at this WK Game Shows. Thank you, Twitter, for putting a limit on how many letters our Twitter handle can be. So I had to condense that down to this WK Game Shows. You can use the hashtag Twigs, hashtag Reality Rundown. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at James Dallas Lape. Uh, and let me know what you think about The Amazing Race so far. We will be back at it next week going over The Bachelor and Celebrity Big Brother. Adrian will be back with me then. Nusha, any final thoughts?
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's been it's been a lot of fun talking about The Amazing Race with you, baby.
0: <laughs> Anytime, Nusha. You're always welcome on this podcast. woo <laughs> Alright guys, she's Nusha. I'm JD. We'll see you next week.